We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hate to start a show like this, but we can't ignore what happened yesterday in Kansas City. Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray. Andrew Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. So... We have a lot of football topics to get to, Perloff, today. We've got coaching news. We've got multiverse. We have we have fun stuff to do. But obviously, the scenes out of Kansas City yesterday, right as the championship parade was ending, are impossible. Uh, it's impossible, really, to think about anything else. And we know that one person has lost their life. We know that 22 more have been shot. And we know that a lot of them are children. And I am so frustrated by this, as I'm sure everybody is, because this is our lives now in this country. And we're not a political show. We don't want to get into that part of it, Perloff, but now this is intersected with our lives and our area, which is sports. And I just keep thinking back to myself that, None of us want to live in this type of America, Mm -hmm. whether you're pro-gun, whether you're anti-gun, it doesn't matter what side you're on. Nobody wants to live in this type of America where you can't go to a parade, the grocery store, a movie, a nightclub, uh, a church, a synagogue, a mosque, anywhere and feel like a school, of course, Mm -hmm. and feel like, you know, you're totally safe and Again, no matter what side you're on, nobody wants to live in this kind of country. I know that. Yeah, I mean, there's a particular kind of terror of public events, especially big public events, which are already kind of scary to start with. Uh, There was, you know, this uh, uh, 48th shooting this year, mass shooting. There was a subway platform in my city that uh, a gunman opened up two days ago, 4.30 in the afternoon, and seven people got shot. Something like uh, only, you know... Kids, too. That's the thing, too. The the ages here are stunning. So, you know, I wonder, too, the gunmen often are trying to get that effect. Uh, And it almost feels, I was talking to EJ before the show. What exactly do you do is is tough. Obviously, we could talk about gun control as well. Talk about early intervention. Early intervention could talk about mental health. I think we have to talk about all that stuff, not just on days of mass shootings, but all the time, too. This, you know, my wife works in violence prevention for New York City, and she talks about how there's often uh, stuff that's happening early on with kids. So, you, we really, as a society, I think, have to focus on this every day, too. Yeah, you know? it's really rare. And again, we're, we don't know a lot. There are three people who yeah. are in custody. Yeah. I mean, now this is just about trying to, you know, pick up the pieces of this tragedy in a community that's going to be forced to move on like so many others after this horrible violence. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of factors. It just a, it's such a shame because 
this topic gets so politicized. It's like we lose yeah. what, what's at the what's at the heart, which is not just one thing, right? It's everything. And it can't just be, oh, it's about guns. Oh, it's about mental health. It's about both. And, right. and to try to make it one thing or another. And now, listen, this is this is definitely cast a shadow here, not over what the Chiefs did in the Super Bowl, but talking about the Super Bowl now feels very different. Right. It's a great point, too, about being politicized. This is one that we don't have to be divided on. There's no reason that, no. that uh, I understand we are. No, I'm saying yeah. as a country, uh, I, I don't think there has to be two sides. There shouldn't be two sides to this story. There should be one side is that we do everything we can to prevent this kind of thing. Regardless of where you stand at gun control, there's reasonable gun control, too, that has to be talked about. There's so many things that has to be talked about, and I don't. it doesn't need to be polarizing. That's what I'm saying, and uh, the way you, you put it, I think, is... As well, it's politicized. It doesn't have to be. I think that we really, all of us, have to get on board here because, I mean, the, the ages of the victims. Well, it's just you. You see, six to fifteen, nine, nine kids. That's that. There's no. There's no politic politicization about that. I know, but unfortunately, yeah. we'd be naive to think that you're right. This hasn't happened before. I mean, this has happened in Uvalde. It's happened in Sandy Hook. This has happened countless times. I mean, going back to Columbine. It, you know, unfortunately, children are the most innocent we have in our society are the ones who are often victims here. But that's not it. It's everyone. See, that's the thing about this. Uh, this is why I say nobody is signed up to live in this kind of yep. world, even if you are the most staunch pro-gun person, even if you're the most staunch anti-gun person. Uh, you know, we're all sick of it. There's nobody who says this is a great way to live. Other countries in the world don't live this way. Yep. And other countries on our borders don't live this way. Canada doesn't live the way. Mexico doesn't live this way. I mean, they've got their own problems, but not like this. And yeah. so it's a, it feels a very uniquely American thing. You know, it's funny. During the Super Bowl, Maggie, I had the thought, oh, my gosh, we're so lucky. We all get to sit and watch this game and distract ourselves because there are a lot of places in the world where people don't get to That's sit true. and watch a three-hour game. And it's sort of a refuge, I think, from the real world. That's kind of what sports is. It's obviously, we've called it an escape. Yeah, sandbox uh, of life. Yeah, so the Super Bowl, I was actually sitting there before. I'm like, wow, isn't it lucky that I get to sit here and worry about whether my bets are going to hit, my prop bets are going to hit? And um, that is a very positive thing, but it's also you're naive if you just put a put shutters on your eyes and say, wow, I'm in sports, I'm not in the real world. And yeah. this is such a great reminder that, hey, the real world will come into Everything, including celebrations for sporting events, which should be the happiest thing that happens in Kansas City by far. Yeah, and it looked like it was a very happy day, obviously, until it turned into just chaos and devastation and the looks on people's faces. I mean, they'll be traumatized for the rest of their life. And, the, and, the, and, and so will everyone else because, again, you can't go anywhere anymore and think I'm totally safe, which is such a sad indictment on where we are. Uh, okay, coming up later in the show, P.J. Green, who is a sports reporter in Kansas City, He's going to join us. He was there yesterday. So we wanted to get some, you know, listen, reporting on what actually happened and what he saw and what that was like for him. So he's going to join us in about two hours, again, from Fox 4 News in Kansas City. So uh, PJ Green will join us later and we will, you know, talk about this. We'll all also try to attempt to have a little fun today because that's what our show is. And we try to, again, distract even on the toughest days. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, we were in Kansas City for the draft yeah, last year, year and Lovely. with with a lot of people and get get a physical sense of what is happening because the the terror sort of spread a wide path uh, yesterday. I yeah. you, we actually got to see a lot of the video. I mean, 
Imagine how terrifying it would be. You're there to celebrate the Chiefs wearing red and that breaks out. Uh, it's just, it's devastating. And there's no other way to put it. And now this is here. This is front and center. And what happens next year when there's a Super Bowl champ? What happens in the NBA when there's a, you know, at the finals? Are people going to yeah. be more reluctant to have a parade? I, I have no idea. Um, we'll keep you updated on all the latest too. Crystal Presti's in doing updates for us today. So he will keep us uh, up to speed on all the news coming out of Kansas City. Uh, okay. Sports, uh, coaching stuff. Yeah. So I think we were not totally shocked yesterday when the news came down that the San Francisco 49ers, fresh off of an overtime narrow loss to the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, are now parting ways with defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. Again, it's weird when a team goes all the way to the Super Bowl to then start firing coaches because generally it means, oh, you made it to the Super Bowl. This was a super successful season for you. Everyone should be thinking about contract extensions at this point. But instead, Wilkes gets fired, um, and Kyle Shanahan said things were harder than they needed to be this season. It's funny because Wilkes had probably his best game in a long time uh, against the Chiefs. Yeah, especially that first half. Yeah, dialed up the right plays, but... They were the number eight defense this year compared to number one last year. That obviously you went from D'Amico Ryans, yeah. who had so much success as a head coach in Houston. You, what do you point to? There's nothing to point to except Steve Wilkes because you're spending so much money on this defense too. You have a rookie quarterback who's not costing you anything, so you can go out and get a Javon Hargrave to bolster a defensive line that was already great. You bring in Chase Young. So I think it's just pure economics. You can't spend that much on the defense and not have – Really, you can't fall on defense. You can't go from the best defense in the league to not the best defense. And honestly, I I said I, I did not think this was a – we argued about this. Yeah. I did not think this was a really particularly great Niners team because the defense had fallen off. Last year, they were terrifying. Right. And even early in the season, remember what they did to the Cowboys? Nick Bosa would get in – would ruin quarterbacks' games. He was like T.J. Watt. He could win single-handedly. And now the Niners didn't have that this year. So that – I think if the defense, they had last year's defense and this year's offense, maybe they beat the Chiefs. Yeah, maybe. I mean, listen, they were right there to beat the Chiefs this yeah. year, even with a defense that, like, quote-unquote underachieved. You're right, 2022, uh, in terms of EPA per play, they were number one, and more specifically, the run defense, they were number mm. one. And you just mentioned they met at Javon Hargrave, and they got worse. This year, they were 26th against the run. And, you know, listen, Steve Wilkes, I think, is a super talented coach. Clearly, he can coach in this league. But, you know, he's a guy who is primarily was like a defensive backs coach and maybe kind of coaches defense from the outside in instead of the inside out, which had been different from Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryans. You know, listen, I think Wilkes did a great job. It looks a little like scapegoating here because he held the Kansas City Chiefs to what, 19 points in regulation yeah. in a Super Bowl? That's good. That's Patrick Mahomes' all-time great quarterback. And you held Travis Kelsey to one catch and one yard in the first half. Like, you were doing your job as a defense. So it does look a bit like scapegoating, even though we know mm. there were things along the way that were, you know, that were obstacles for this team when yeah. it comes to their defensive coordinator. I, I don't see the scapegoating. I think he was the number one problem. I, I think they needed, they honestly needed to be Ryan's back. I, I, I think that he was... Uh, he the Detroit game was a total embarrassment. I mean, first of all, if Detroit doesn't drop that, if Josh Reynolds doesn't drop that pass and Jameer Gibbs doesn't fumble the ball, Detroit could add 45 points. And this is San Francisco's defense. Right. I mean, you have how many Hall of Famers are on that defense? Well, you have at least all pros. Uh, so I, I think what happened in Detroit was the reason Wilkes is getting fired as well. You can't remember that was a complete implosion. 
at home. So I don't really think it's scapegoating. I think they need they need I I can't believe I would say this a Rex Ryan type or somebody who's going to be super aggressive and unleash Bosa if they keep Chase Young, which I kind of doubt. They got to they have to attack. I mean. I- I think they actually would be better off with like Pete Carroll. Isn't he the, don't they play a lot of this cover three? I mean, everything they do is like, basically looks like the Seahawks. Wouldn't you want the originator or not the originator, but the guy who, who perfected that in Pete Carroll. I want, you know, it's funny. I want a Buddy Ryan kind of deal. I think a Buddy Ryan for Philadelphia. I want a, a guy, a coach, to say, we are going to impose our will on the other team. That can be Pete Carroll in certain times. Definitely. And not lately, by the way. <laughs> Pete Carroll's defense has really, really struggled. But I, I want a real pat. I want Nick Bosa to have 15 sacks and Javon Hargrave to have 13 sacks. I want the other quarterback to be terrified. Patrick Mahomes got so comfortable in the second half, I don't think he got touched in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I, I think you have to be very, very aggressive. Look at Steve Spagnuolo on the other side. He was dialing up blitzes left and right. Uh, how about Brian Flores, the job he did in Minnesota? I don't know how you get him. Quarterbacks were got terrified by a non-talented Vikings defense. I want somebody like that who's going to be really aggressive. Well, okay, we're talking about Steve Wilkes, who was fired yesterday, um, and Kyle Shanahan talking about it, sort of a – you know, hastily prepared kind of a conference call that happened yesterday. It sounded, I don't know, like he was talking from the moon. But there was another part of this where, remember, Steve Wilkes liked to coach in the booth, right, up top. You could see everything. I totally understand it. But then the the players thought the communication was a little bit off, could have been a, a little more buttoned up. So they brought him down to the sideline, and things did get better. But I think that is just one way where, Steve Wilkes was an outsider here. Like, remember, Robert Sala has been in this, like, Shanahan, Kubiak, McVay type of thing for since he started coaching. I think he was, like, an insider. Then you went right to D'Amico Ryans, who was on Robert Sala's staff, who was already there and elevated him. This is the first time you went out of the building, you got Steve Wilkes, and they weren't as good, but they weren't a bad defense. So why it looks like scapegoating a bit to me is why wouldn't you give him a second season? Like, why wouldn't you give him another year? He's someone who came from the outside, still getting to know your program, still getting to know your players. Why wouldn't you think it could get better with another offseason? Because now you're scrambling. If you don't have someone internally yeah. you're going to elevate, you're scrambling. Who's out there? Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Mike Vrabel? Are these guys Ooh. coming to be a D.C.? Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> I never even thought about that. No, I'm just saying. You I can don't... get me one of those guys. Yes. But yes. Yes. But I don't know if you're going to. Um, and then outside of that, you're so late into the coaching cycle. Where are you getting this all-time DC? Well, I, I think that if you ju- you go back one game and you judge the Lions game, then it's easier to fire Wilkes. You could, you could bring that up. I think that's a fair assessment. And also, the second half of the season, the Ravens game, too, they just weren't they weren't terrifying. They should be the scariest. They should be scarier than why are the Ravens? The Ravens don't have the same kind of talent that the Niners do. The Niners have Fred Warner, uh, they have Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead. These are stars. I know they uh they lost uh Hufunga, the yeah. safety, who was really good, and that did hurt for sure. But his replacement did fine. I think they need to impose their will. They should, and here Kansas City didn't score a lot, but that's a function of Kansas City. Kansas City had been playing so conservative offensively for most of the season. I think if Kansas City wanted to turn it on, they could have scored on this defense as well. Okay, we're talking about Steve Wilkes, the 49ers defensive coordinator, was fired yesterday. Here, answer this question for me. Dre Greenlaw doesn't pop his Achilles tendon running onto the field mm, near mm. halftime at the Super Bowl. That, pro- that could change the game. 
I mean, he was doing it. He was playing an incredible, incredible. Yeah, great Fred Warner got totally taken out of his his mind. I think because distracted because of Greenlaw and his injury. No excuse there, but I think he was. And we have the audio for that. I, if you had won the Super Bowl, are you firing him? No, no shot. No shot. But was Steve Wilkes going to win that Super Bowl? Do you honestly think? Did, did you see any fear in Mahomes' face in the last eighteen minutes of that game? Uh you know, I, I Again, don't know. If Greenlaw doesn't get hurt, I, I don't know how this is different. Can we play the audio, by the way? Mm. Guys, we have the Fred Warner. So you're going to hear this is from inside the NFL. Everyone's mic'd up, so a lot of the sound is coming out now. So you have Fred Warner, Kyle Shanahan, and George Kittle in that order, right? All reacting to Dre Greenlaw getting hurt. No! get hurt running out on the field? Did Dre really tear his Achilles? Yeah, they just said it. That's depressing. I mean, guys are, that that no you're hearing scream, that's Fred Warner. You know, that's his linebacker mate that, you know, they're in the battles together. And I think everyone was devastated by the green laundry. Yeah, EJ? Yeah, I mean, that changed the game. And again, I'm going to go back to that that whatever muff punt, whatever you want to call it, and deflected off the guy. Yeah. The Chiefs were not moving the ball for basically two and a half quarters. And then they got a one-play touchdown on that drive that changed the entire game. I, I saw the game differently. I feel like that Niners defense was flying around. They were hurting people. Like, they looked as terrifying. I was surprised because of how bad they looked against the Lions. They seemed to have clearly turned it around. And to Steve Wills' credit and those players' credit, remember two weeks ago they said there was a lack of effort that led to that Lions debacle in that first half in that game, they were playing with great effort in this game. I said, wow, this is like an entirely different defense. You're right, especially Chase Young, and it was Wilkes who got the credit for calling him out. Remember right. I said it was embarrassing yeah. after the Lions game. I mean, well, why didn't he call him out before? I mean, that guy that guy was a dog all season. Well, I mean, maybe he was behind the scenes and didn't want to do it publicly until they basically were within an inch of their life of, you know, getting taken out in the NFC ch- uh, championship game. One thing, though, that Chiefs team scored 17 points against the Ravens. I mean, they could get super conservative. They did not throw the ball downfield. They threw one pass into coverage. It got picked. But it, Mahomes was pulling back, pulling back. His last few drives, touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown. So when it mattered, where was the Niners' defense? Well, at that point, Greenlaw's not on the field. That's what that, I, don't I, think, I don't think Greenlaw made that the big a difference. Oh, that, he's I a do. huge player for them. Okay, these guys were all on the field for the Detroit game. That was an offensive explosion, and that's Detroit. It's not like uh, it was the greatest show on turf. Maybe it is like that, but what explained Detroit then? And even Green Bay, by the way, before the rain came down, like Noah's Ark rain, they were moving the ball really well, too. You didn't see any problems with this defense? No, definitely. I mean, were there problems for sure? Was it a guy who deserved to get fired, though, I think is what we're asking. You're spending so much money on that defense. You cannot let a, uh, 35 points in a playoff game. I just think that they there's no reason they shouldn't have been better than last year, and they were significantly worse. In the Lions game, it was one half. I mean, we're talking about an explosion. They had gave up 24 points first half. That was a, a bad first half. And then the Lions didn't do a lot in the second half. Yeah. So if we're going to talk about them turning it around. The offense helped. The offense started to pick it up, but their defense played very well in the second half. Dan Campbell helped mm. them with some dumb decisions, but like <laughs> it wasn't like they got lit up for four quarters. They put they tacked on a touchdown late in that game to make it more interesting than the score actually was. Yeah, let's Ooh. hear from I, our totally. Di- I'm on a totally different. They were 34-24 tw- in the fourth, late in the fourth quarter, and they threw on a touchdown late. 
we want to hear from our San Francisco fans on this one. Were you surprised that Steve Wilkes was shown the door? Listen, we know that it wasn't perfect all year long, but you did get to the Super Bowl and you did hold the Kansas City to 19 points in regulation in that Super Bowl. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Lots more to do here, including some major what-ifs. I feel like this is becoming the theme just on Thursdays around here. We do the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. We'll do that a little bit later. But we have another big what if for you uh, coming up straight ahead. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Uh, We were just discussing the 49ers cutting ties with Steve Wilkes, a defensive coordinator. It makes perfect sense to me. Just I'll give you one stat here that just stands out. Yeah. Nick Bosa played a full season. He went from 18 and a half sacks to 10 and a half sacks. Uh, it felt like he was a one-man. Like, he had to do everything in that game on Sunday. Where was the rest? Uh, Chase Young did play well. But this was a team that should be winning the game single-handedly on defense in San Francisco, and they're not. Instead, they have this explosive offense. Maybe the two work together in some way. But I want to I want to go back to D'Amico Ryans. Uh, I, well, you're not getting him. <laughs> one of the most popular. I mean, come on, call D'Amico and say, "Listen, yeah. you can win. You know, you can win a ring here in San Francisco. Just come back." And then CJ Stroud's young. You can have <laughs> yeah. him the next year. I but I do want something about uh, Steve Wilkes, who's had a lot of success in this league. It, it lacked the intensity for me because I'd if I'm looking at the Niners, I'm looking at their payroll. There's so much money on this defense. The defense single-handedly should be winning games. You shouldn't need Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey to be winning games. You should be able to do it. They're, they should be like like the Steelers win with T.J. Watt or the Browns win with Miles Garrett. Uh, I want to see them blow up games to really help uh, get over the top. Okay, well, I think you did see those games. You saw shades of that this year. Yeah. The run Cowboys. defense was a problem. Yeah. It was definitely a problem. Uh acknowledging that is, you know, you're not going to bury your head in the sand. However, to get rid of a guy after one season when, A, you knew he was a guy who was coming from the outside, so there's going to be a little adjustment in terms of culture fit. It's not like the defense as a whole totally fell off a cliff and they become the became the worst defense in the NFL. You made it to the freaking Super Bowl. You're in overtime against mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. If you just defer, maybe you win that game and instead of taking the ball. And if Drake Greenlaw is not hurt, there's a couple ifs here where they win the Super Bowl and then they're definitely not getting rid of Steve Wilkes. So that's the... That's the interesting part of this to me. Well, they let up 450 yards against the Lions. They let up 455 against the Chiefs. You have you should have the best defense in the league. Why is Baltimore better than San Francisco? San Francisco has Bosa, Warner, Greenlaw. I understand he got hurt. I mean, I mean there's so Baltimore's many names. defense has been great for years. Yeah, but we here's don't even the... know who those guys are. Okay, Meanwhile, but... you have all pros and Hall of Famers all over this defense. Okay, but here's the thing. So you can go back to the Lions game, right? The big stat was they gave up 148 rushing yards in the first half. They gave up 34 in the yeah. second half. Well, if so, Josh Reynolds, yeah, in part because the Lions got really conservative. But conservative. also, if Josh Reynolds catches that ball. Down. What are you talking about? They kept going for it on fourth down. When they were up 24-7, they called off the dogs. Well, they because really Dan did. Campbell kicked a field goal at the end of the half? No, no, they just came out and they were not play calling aggressively in the third quarter because they thought they had a 17-point lead and they were just not make mistakes. They Dan told, Campbell? They, no. <laughs> uh, they totally got conservative in the third quarter. They were playing with a lead. Uh, they were not. Well, they fumbled, and that led to a short field, and San was, Francisco got themselves back in the, the game. The first half, they spread everything out, and Jared Goff was going all over the place, and there were giant holes. Then they just sort of they tightened up in the third quarter. That's how I saw the game. If they had played as loose and spread out as they were in the first half and the second half, 
they probably could have scored 60 points. But they, you know, you change when you're up 24-7. And then they got behind, and then they opened it back up again, and it's like, boom, they were like a lightning strike. Interesting. I don't remember it that way. I don't remember Dan Campbell ever getting conservative. It was just turnovers that led San Francisco back into the game. Uh, yeah, I think Ben Johnson started changing the way he was calling the game up. Wouldn't any offensive coordinator change the way they play call up 24-7? No, but they got away from the run, I think, because San Francisco started tightening things up, and that's a credit to Wilkes. I mean... Or a credit to the players who were embarrassed in the first half and finally started trying. I mean, that's another thing. The, yeah. the guys at times did look distracted. You know, Kyle Shanahan had to call a timeout in the Super Bowl on the defensive side. He didn't like the look they yeah. had. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's Shanahan's decision. It, he, you know, Steve Wilkes works at you know, the favor of Shanahan. I just thought, man, you can't correct some of these things I, I in mean, the how many, season. I don't have the, how many times was Mahomes sacked uh, in the game? I, know. I don't know if he did I take I believe sack. zero. Yeah. Or no, yeah, I, mean, I think there was one early. There might have been. Yes, there was one. But it was, one was sack. it a the run sack of the game? Was it Chase a run? Young definitely had one. It was yeah. in the pocket. Yeah. Chase Young had a, had a pure but sack. But it was Mahomes like kind of holding the ball, looking around for stuff. He was, yeah. Regardless. He scrambling. Listen, I mean, him, this him is, running at the end of the game, they were not ready for. Yeah, I mean, you, how do you – and Jared Goff did not get sacked a lot either. That's my point. Mahomes sacked three times, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, he got sacked late too, I remember. Um, well, he, back to the play but, by play. but he was holding the ball and running around looking for plays. I just don't think that they terrified opposing quarterbacks. So, and that's what you have to do with this team. I think that first half, I, I see totally differently. He was he was not holding the ball. He was getting rid of it because the, the Niners were flying. Well, they, look to, they look totally different than they did against the Lions. I, I agree. The first half against the Lions was a disaster. Yeah, totally. No question about that. I, I think I saw a way more inspired defense to start that game. And I, I don't think it's fair to Wilkes to say that Every time they would succeed, it was because well the other team just didn't try. Like like they make adjustments well, too. They like, they, 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 those guys are on scholarship as well. Well, there's no argument. Their defense took a, a major major statistical step back. Like See, that, even that I disagree against the with. run, right? I mean, but like no overall, no. So last year they were first in points. Right. This year they were third in points. But what were they in yards? Last year and they were first in yards. This year they were eighth. Yeah. It's not like they. That's a huge drop. But you're making it sound like they. You added a bunch of guys in the offseason. No, you make it sound like they're the bad news bears. They're a top (laughs) ten defense still. They're third in points allowed. This was not some defense that was like a sad sack. Uh, Speaking of sacks, there was a big one. Third and goal. Mahomes gets sacked. This is with about six minutes left to go in the game. Led them to having to kick the twenty-four yard field goal to tie it up sixteen to sixteen. So well, they were they, they were that, getting home, but that was yeah. But I mean, Mahomes was running around looking for a play on that play. It wasn't like they just like came immediately and got Mahomes at three seconds. He was he tried to go inside and was gonna throw the ball and just didn't find his guy. You're asking for sacks. I'm giving them to you. Well, yeah. so you guys were skipped. That's so funny that you guys saw this as the same defense. I saw Bosa as just neutralized by this defense. Wait, Bosa could have been the MVP of the game. I mean, <laughs> I mean he, he, no, all year long, I, I thought like Bosa last year was like chasing the sack record. This year, it was just re- he had to work so hard. Okay, but sometimes the actual sack total can be a little misleading, right? Because some guys you can get five sacks in a game, four sacks in a game, it, it inflates your totals a little bit. I mean, we talked about this the next day, like how great of a game Bosa had. No, I, I, I'm just talking about all season long. I just thought it was a totally different defense. But. I'd have yeah. to look. Did he get off to a slow start? Because remember, he had the, the holdout. The and holdout. His contract extension was right before the beginning of the season, if I recall. Uh, first. See, no, he did I have a couple of sacks. He didn't be in practice. Good morning. CeeLo's here. Did I mention you did, that you're here? You mentioned okay. it, yeah. Sort of make sure. Maybe not in this segment, but leading into the first break, yeah. Okay, there we go. Uh, let's get to a couple calls, and CeeLo's got headlines. 855-212-4CBS. Rich is in Cali. Hey, Rich, how's it going, dude? Uh, can't complain what good would it do, and you wouldn't want to listen anyway. Yeah, well, fair. What, what do you got on uh, Steve Wilkes? 
I am surprised at the timing. I'm not necessarily surprised at the move. Um, if you do it this close to the Super Bowl, there must have been something else going on while that game was going on. It was really uncharacteristic of Shanahan to necessarily take a timeout to change a defensive set. Yeah. Uh, I know that during the course of the year, Wilt started up in the booth and they brought him down to the field. Um, and I'm not really sure why or what have you. I know the local press is talking basically about square peg and round oh, hole. Yeah. The well, problem is, yeah. what do you, what, you know, is there enough room for, uh, you know, a large ego like a Belichick or, or yeah, Carol Vrabel. Rich, you know, what's interesting yeah. about this though, and thank you for the phone call. You know, was there maybe a personality difference? I don't know. We might get some reporting on that. But the timing, I don't know how it could have been different. You know, you are the number one seed in the NFC. So you're not going to make a coordinator switch while you're midseason. And now it's the Super Bowl and it's three days later. I, I this, mean, this timing actually makes a lot of sense to me. I just, it, it hurts you if you're trying to find a new defensive coordinator. Although I think technically my team is filled up. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Eagles was the number one seed and did switch defensive coordinators this season. Oh, like ten and one. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were. I think they were. They probably had three losses when they put uh, Matt Patricia yeah, in charge I'm again. Not, I'm not putting Nick Sirianni. So and technically, into the same well, I'm just saying you can do it, and it did happen this year. Uh, but that was. Uh, I I don't know if they were still the number one seed. They were obviously falling apart. Yeah, I I just think. Did you? Here's my question. Bottom line: Were you scared of the Niners' defense this year, like you were the year before? Uh, no, but then I did watch them in the Super Bowl have a lead against the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. and I saw them play really well 
And and I saw a guy in his first year where a lot of these defensive dudes aren't going anywhere. So yeah. why not think you could build on what you already have? I, I just thought Mahomes wasn't scared at all in the in the fourth quarter. Well, he's Mahomes. Okay. Is he? Yeah, is he scared? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's the first defense in that one Super Bowl. They should nickname him Bone Crusher. I mean, scared. You guys saw the Tampa Bay Super Bowl. That was a scared Mahomes. I mean, couldn't protect him. No offensive line. Well, I get yeah, and also the the Bucks were flying on all cylinders. This Niners team to me was not flying on all cylinders. Yeah, Chase Young played good early in the game. And then kind of wore down. Maybe it's a Drake Greenlaw thing, but I just I see the Niners defense way differently than you guys. CeeLo is here. He's got headlines. Good morning. Good morning. Sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Let's uh, stick with the 49ers team there as Kyle Shanahan with another day to reflect on that latest Super Bowl loss. Did circle back. Bit of a 180 as compared to what he had said earlier in the week. Wasn't ready to talk about yet because I wasn't sure which direction I was going to go, but I'm sleeping on this for a few nights and I'm trying to make come up with a few tough decisions. But this morning I um, relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. So like Maggie had said, sort of an impromptu conference call after he had done his, you know, not game after press conference, but a day or two later, sort of summing things up, wrapping things up where he didn't indicate that maybe any changes were coming. Sounds like he struggled with this one a bit on a personal level. Really tough decision because really um, says nothing about Steve as a man or as a football coach. I mean, he's exactly what we wanted as a man. Uh, he is a great football coach. But just where we're going, where we're at with our team, um, from a scheme standpoint and things like that. And the mention of the scheme there feels like the square peg round hole. hole. So yeah. It doesn't from, sound like personality. Right, exactly. Yeah. So maybe it's not they need some sort of big presence. Maybe it's an under-the-radar. If they have an idea of how they want their defense to play from a scheme standpoint, someone that's on the staff already, who knows? Yeah. I mean, we'll find out in the coming days, obviously. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it might not even be a reflection on Steve Will. I, I kind of agree with that. Maybe they're like, oh, this is not the style of defense with this. I think they tried to play the same style. Maybe that was it. They tried too much to do, hey, we're doing exactly what we did when we had, you know, Sala and D'Amico Ryans and, you know, maybe weren't open to a lot of new ideas. Maybe that's part of it as well. I Listen, the soul searching from Shanahan, I only buy that like 10%. I think they're looking around for another D.C. Uh, I think also the front office played a role in this because they're like, we gave you the most expensive defense in the entire NFL and you got worse. I think they look at it as a salary cap allocation thing as well. Could be. Uh, Following up on the lead story, of course, you've got at least one person dead, 21 others wounded by gunfire in the latest mass shooting in the United States, this time at the end of Wednesday's Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Three people have been detained and are under investigation, according to uh, Kansas City Police Chief Stacey Graves. Did hold a press conference last night saying, among other things, quote, I'm angry at what happened today. The people who came to the celebration should expect a safe environment. I'm sure you've seen the footage of uh, the fans tackling that one person there, sort of Along the uh, along the pathway of the parade, so don't know if that was one of the three that were fully detained or not. So still some question marks about um, who put this all together, who the real suspects are, so on and so forth. You did have the Kansas City radio station KKFI saying one of their DJs, Lisa Lopez Galvin, died in the shooting. Not clear if that's the person that Kansas City police said passed away or if this was an additional uh, death. So obviously still a lot of questions to be answered. But you did have many of the Chiefs players, Travis Kelce, Patrick Mahomes included, kind of taking to 
Twitter slash X last night asking for thoughts and prayers for those who were directly impacted by the shooting. So if you take it from where you were at the beginning of the day, it's a light-hearted, feel-good celebration. Kelsey's clearly uh, having a few drinks and yep. singing Friends in Low Places, and then it takes just a, a tragic turn at the end. So uh, obviously a sad scene yesterday in Kansas City, and we'll continue to look for further updates on that and keep you updated throughout the course of the morning. A couple of NBA notes here. The Clippers outlasted the Warriors in San Francisco, 130 to 120. Despite nine threes and 41 points from Steph Curry, who tried to do it single-handedly, his team comes up short, though, as L.A. outscored Golden State 44-28 in the fourth quarter for the come-from-behind road win. Meantime, the Suns beat the Pistons in Phoenix 116-110. The story here, though, is pregame as Pistons center Isaiah Stewart was arrested for assault after punching Suns center Drew Eubanks at the arena hours before tip-off. So Stewart was already ruled out of this game because of an ankle sprain. Eubanks ended up playing 18 minutes minutes in the victory for Phoenix. He said the altercation happened as he was coming into the arena. There was some sort of argument that started. He says they were chest to chest before Stewart threw the punch and then security intervened from there. Afterwards, you had some commentary from Kevin Durant. It's supposed to be a brotherhood, but also understand dudes get into stuff and stuff may happen, but you know, we try to avoid that in this league, but it happens and hopefully we can move on from it. And um, we all support Drew and got Drew's back. And he'll move past it. Okay, so my question, what's the backstory? We got to know the backstory. Yeah. It's never okay to punch somebody, obviously. That's not what we want. to. We're not condoning that. I'm just dying to know. I mean, do we need a backstory with Isaiah Stewart? I mean, he is he a, a loose cannon. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't know if you remember the clip from several years ago when he was charging at LeBron James through like five or six different security guards and Lakers because of a flagrant foul. And he was bloodied up on the play. Yeah. But it, it just sounds like Isaiah Stewart's a bit of a loose cannon. I mean, did they had they met before? I mean, how I was, do they yeah, know each I'm other? They weren't sure. teammates, right? <laughs> so was this something that's been brewing for weeks and months? Was it just a moment? I need to know more. I agree. Yeah. I was looking for some details. I've There's not nothing. seen it yet. Yeah. Um, but then you've also got the Monty Williams' son's angle to this because uh, he's with Detroit. I'm not saying that's yeah. what led to the altercation, but what's interesting is the Suns put out a statement on the incident where they said, hey, the attack on our player was unprovoked, acts of violence are unacceptable, so on and so forth. And Monty Williams' point was like, well, wait a second. The NBA is going to do an investigation. We don't fully know what happened here yet. And basically said it was a bit responsible for the Suns to say it was unprovoked and that they wouldn't go that right. to that length until they got more information. Right. So, Why are we assigning blame when we yeah. don't know the... Uh Right. All the team that fired him last season. Things obviously aren't going well for him first year in Detroit. That's an understatement. Yeah, so yeah. you had that uh, You had that angle as well as he uh, basically said the Suns statement did not need to happen. So uh, as EJ mentioned, though, Stewart was involved in that incident with LeBron back in 2021. He was suspended two games for that, and LeBron got one game. So not to say that one incident suggests, hey, this is a bad dude or anything like that, but maybe does run a little hot under the collar. I will, I will say, too, I mean, you so. At insult to injury, no pun intended for the Pistons. I mean, if you were saying this may be the last draw for Isaiah Stewart, I don't think so. They just signed to a four-year, $64 million contract this offseason, so he ain't going nowhere. So he's a loose cannon, and he's an empowered loose cannon. Yeah. And now he's a very rich loose cannon. Yeah, he's <laughs> a you know, poor man's Draymond. <laughs> Great. Four-year, 64. Isn't that the new veteran minimum? <laughs> yeah, these NBA so, contracts. How's he going to eat? Nice. He's a center, Jeez. so this is good center money. <laughs> CeeLo, thank you so much. We've got more for you and, uh, from you next hour coming up. This is one of the bad ideas of all time. We'll get to what is going on with one NFL team 
Why are they going this route? We do not know. We'll, uh, we'll answer that question next. Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. This portion of the show is sponsored by the new Hyundai Tucson, available with complimentary class-leading Blue Link Plus. Now it's easy to use your phone to control your Tucson. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. One of the big stories, Perloff, of the NFL offseason, now that we're officially onto it with the Super Bowl wrapped up, is going to be what do the Chicago Bears do with the number one overall pick? Now, they have Justin Fields. Yesterday, the president of the team, Kevin Warren, you may remember him. He used to be the commissioner of the Big Ten, and now he's the president of the Chicago Bears. Uh, Did an interview with WGN News and was all praises about Fields. I I come to the table. I'm a um, supporter of Justin. You know, because I got a chance to work with him when I was commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. He is incredibly talented. Uh, He is smart. Uh, He works hard. And uh, he wants to be a great NFL football player. Okay, nice things. Also, Kevin Warren wants to see what Fields would be like once he gets an offseason to fully heal up. And so now he just needs to make sure that he has the support around him. He's working hard. And then I would love to see him, you know, this offseason, Make sure he's totally healthy going into the season next year. Okay. So if you're about to trade somebody, yes, you want to say nice things about them because you don't want to damage their trade value. But you also have to walk a fine line here because if you're talking so openly and having a love affair with this player, then it's going to send a weird signal to your fan base. Like if you love him this much, why would you be wanting to trade him to take Caleb Williams? All the fan base cares about is let's get the best deal for Justin Fields. So I I think, well, I mean, I'm not I'm not quite sure what Kevin Warren's football role is here too because he's more of an executive anyway. Uh but I think that you're just upping the value, upping the value, upping the value. Uh, it can't hurt. I think the fan base is open for anything here. Like the this the interesting thing about the Bears, what if they go totally creative and go they have five different directions they can go. To you the obvious thing is drafting Cal Williams. Yes. So this is just window dressing. I think it's all window dressing. I think it's all about what can you get for fields. But listen, we talked to Seth Rollins, WWE superstar, massive bear fan. I don't think he was alone when he said, listen, my gut's telling me just stay with fields. You have something good here to take that over the unknown of Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels or Drake May or whatever. The the draft is more of a crapshoot. You're looking at, what, 50-50 for these first-round picks, whereas Fields has already shown, okay, is he a franchise quarterback yet? I don't know, but he can play the position in the NFL. Yeah, I feel like Caleb Williams is, to me, not a 50-50. It feels like he's closer to, uh, as you mentioned, Luck and, and Trevor Lawrence and those guys. So the other thing, too, is what if they trade down to two or three and get a quarterback there. There's what if they think Caleb Williams doesn't want to be in Chicago? Fine. A lot of people have Drake May and Jaden Daniels right there with Caleb Williams. So there's a lot of different directions. And somehow my fan, I you know, a fantasy football player, give me Marvin Harrison, one of those other. Would yes. you rather have Drake May and Marvin Harrison or Caleb Williams and no Marvin Harrison? Well, again, that's where Caleb Williams, I think, already separated himself yeah. as like the cream of the crop of this draft. Because yeah. if I'm now going to go to Jaden Daniels and Drake May, now, don't you have to keep comparing them against Justin Fields? I mean, if they were all yeah. in this draft together, do you think Drake May and Justin and, and Jaden Daniels are getting drafted? Or how, is the evaluation well, that much different than it was on Fields? Well, as you point out, though, many times the, the salary cap situation is much different with Justin Fields. Sure. So I do think those guys, paid sooner. those guys are definitely more valuable than Justin Fields because Justin Fields is on the verge of his contract. One more thing about this Caleb Williams thing. Does the Super Bowl affect the way they think? In, in, what, the, in what way? 
You could have the most talented team around your quarterback of all time. The Bears could get 20 first-round picks, and they can be all pro at every position. If your quarterback is not the elite of the most elite, can you win the Super Bowl? So maybe they say, oh, man, you need a Mahomes. We need to take a swing at a Mahomes. And I don't think Justin Fields is going to be Mahomes. If, if right. Is he enough? I think the NFL might be saying, uh, a lot of teams might be saying, wow, I need to really get the most elite quarterback possible to get over that ultimate hump. Listen, it's not like Purdy played a terrible game, but there were definitely some throws that Purdy missed. I mean, let's, let's, you know, that's, that's not a, uh, you know, that's, that's not talking out of turn about Purdy just to point out the obvious. Right. You might need a guy who's at Mahomes level at the end of the day, the safest way to give yourself a Super Bowl team is to have the best quarterback in the league. So I think the risk, you're exactly right. It is 50-50, but you might have to take that risk on the best quarterback and just ignore everything else. Now, the weird wild card part of this is you mentioned it, and you're right. We're talking about the number one overall pick and what Chicago could do with it. There's a thought out there they could just keep them both. Oh, yeah. Adam Schefter said that in the yes. pregame. I love yes. it. I love it. Well, but... Okay. Why? Why do you love this? Uh, so, as a longtime fantasy football player, <laughs> yeah. you really want, especially for the bye week, you want a veteran quarterback. <laughs> sure. Yeah, That's the bye. yeah. I always would stash another quarterback. I don't love. Obviously, it's it's not ideal. There's like but a human element of this that is tough. I'm okay with the human element, but what if you only get offered a fourth round pick for Justin Fields? What is the incentive to do that? You could point to Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. Now, Alex Smith was older; he yeah. wasn't on his first contract. Uh, and, and that worked out great. So I think there is a logic here, and then maybe you even generate more of a trade market for Justin Fields, or maybe you're trying out Justin Fields. Explain I mean, why you hate How old was Alex it. Smith when he got to the Chiefs? I mean, he was Probably in his 28. Late, I was going to say late 20s, where Justin Fields is 24. I think the other difference, too, is Alex Smith was a established quarterback who we knew was pretty good. Like, he, we, he wasn't going to play, and people were going to be like, where's... Pat Mahomes, get him out there. Like he, right. he just came off a playoff appearance. He had been, he might have been to a Pro Bowl at that point in his career. Like he was a good player at that point. Like I think there's no questions of Fields is actually good. Like as soon as Fields yeah. throws a pick or has a rough game, you know they're going to be all over him saying get Kale Williams in there. So I don't know how tenable that is. Well, the other part too is, I mean, you know, Caleb like Caleb Williams is coming into the league with 10 times the fanfare that Patrick Mahomes did. Right. Remember, Mahomes was the always oh, in the spread offense, and how is this going to work, and he's got this big arm, but can that actually exist? They and, lost a bunch of Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, they look at the record. I mean, Caleb Williams comes in as the you know former Heisman Trophy winner and heir apparent who said there's nothing uh, that Patrick Mahomes does on a football field that I can't do. This is, well, not, right. this is not the same. Oh, I am fully agreeing. Like, there's no way Field stays keeps that job. You're right. The second he throws two picks at a game, it's Caleb time. But <laughs> right. that's that's a terrible situation for your locker room too, because you're forcing guys in some ways to kind of pick sides. Well, grow up, locker room. First of all, it's a young <laughs> locker room. I, I the Bears got to think big picture. They can't worry about that. First of all, they're not going to be the, the other issue is why keep Justin Fields. They're not going to the Super Bowl this year, right? So what's the point of keeping a veteran around? Uh, so wait, wait, just to, to circle back, what's your most ideal situation? Are you sticking with the draft, Caleb? Got to draft Caleb Williams. Got to draft Justin Fields. And I watched the Carolina Panthers send the Jets a second-round pick for Sam Darnold. Uh-huh. There will be someone out there who will give the I Bears something for Justin I don't know Fields. if there's another team that's that dumb out there, Maggie. <laughs> the Panthers. No, uh, can't be them. Already got Bryce Young. Uh, okay, coming up, even more fallout between Brady and Belichick. Whoa.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.